Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Dr. David Jeremiah. Dr. David Jeremiah is a great friend to this ministry. The mission of his broadcast ministry, Turning Point, is to deliver the unchanging Word of God to an ever-changing world. Through his daily program, his expository teaching is helping millions of people grow in their knowledge of God's Word. You can watch Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah weekdays at 9 a.m. Mountain Time on Miracle Channel. And now, Dr. David Jeremiah will discuss the different tools Christians have to overcome fear. Let's dive into the message. After the door to her small apartment closed in 1949, Marjorie Goff went out three times in 30 years. She went out once to give some ice cream to a friend of hers who was failing in health. She went out the second time for an operation, and she went out the third time for the funeral of one of her family members. But aside from that, she entered her home on her 31st birthday, and she did not come out again until she was 61 years old. She imprisoned herself for 30 years. She was suffering from what they call agoraphobia, which is the fear of open spaces. And so she locked herself in her home. Let me ask the question this morning, how many of you are fearful of some particular thing? Let me see your hands. Now, come on, ladies. You don't like snakes and spiders. I know that. (laughs) Some of you are afraid of elevators. Some of you are afraid of height. Some of you may be afraid of airplanes. I I don't know what your fear is. We're not necessarily talking about those particular things. What we're talking about today is the spirit of fear that can take over one's life, a fear that can come and begin to dominate because, you see, fear is not bad. God created fear so that we would have the opportunity to have sudden bursts of energy and strength and speed during times of emergency. But when fear becomes a permanent condition, it can paralyze your spirit, terrorize your heart, and penalize your life. I have to admit that in my 30 years as pastor teacher, I've met fear more than once. I've uh, been in the hospital when families have gotten tragic news and seen the fear in their lives. I've tried to help spouses who've just been told that their uh, partner was divorcing them. I've been present when a doctor told two young parents that something was wrong with their newborn. I have stood to speak in front of huge crowds, believe it or not, been terrified at the thought. I've been stabbed in my heart with fear as I've seen my two sons take vicious hits on the football field and lay on the ground for what seemed like an eternity. Stayed all night with my daughter Jennifer in the hospital after she got a concussion playing soccer when she was a little girl. 
I've watched my children as they've entered new schools and seen the fear in their lives as they wondered if they would be accepted and if this was going to work. I've driven them across the country to universities far away from here and uh, felt their fear as I've watched them move into their dorm for the first time and try to get acquainted with people they've never met before in their lives. And I've also known personally the kind of fear that can grip you when you are told that you have a serious disease. Fear is not a stranger to me, and it's probably not a stranger to you either. If we're honest, we're all a lot like the little boy who had two lines in a play. The two lines that he was supposed to say when he walked out on the stage were these, it is I, be not afraid. But he came out on the stage and saw the crowd and what came out was, it's me and I'm scared. <laughs> But the story in the Old Testament, in my estimation, that best illustrates the principles of fear that you and I deal with every day is the story of the 12 spies who left Kadesh Barnea and went into the land of Canaan to spy out the land that God had given them. If you know anything at all about the setting, you know that what happened was Israel had been freed from Egypt and they had come across the little desert and they were now ready on the threshold to go into the land of Canaan. This was the land that had been promised to them by God. It's the land that was given to Abraham. It was the land that flowed with milk and honey. It was the promised land, the land they had dreamed about through all those years of uh, slavery in Egypt. And now here they are on the very threshold of entering into Canaan. And uh, God allows them to send some spies into the land to check it out, to figure out which was the best way to go into the land and to look at the cities. And so you know the story. The 12 spies went into the land to spy it out. And as we review the story, we see these principles so very clearly, and they remind us that the principles that dominate us when we have the spirit of fear are not any different now than they were back in the times of Joshua and Caleb. For the first thing we realize as we read the story is that fear disregards God's plan. Beginning our reading in verses 19, we read these words. So we departed from Horeb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites, as the Lord our God had commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barnea. And I said to you, Moses is speaking, you have come to the mountains of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving to us. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear and do not be discouraged. Here was their warrant for possessing the land. Here was their invitation to go and take that land which God had promised to them. But they would not go up because of fear. Fear took hold of their lives and they couldn't allow themselves to believe that God had actually brought them to the place of their inheritance and their blessing. I want to tell you something that fear will do if you let it dominate your life. It will keep you from experiencing God's plan in your life. Because you see, we have an inheritance today as well. And our inheritance is re uh, reviewed for us in the words of Paul to Timothy. And he says to us there that God has not given to us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not created us to be creatures dominated by fear. 
He's given us the principle of faith upon which we may live. And if we determine to live in fear, we are disregarding God's plan for our life. The second principle in this passage of Scripture is that fear distorts God's purposes. It's interesting to me what can happen to us when fear begins to dominate our life. Everything gets out of perspective. Everything gets into distortion. And it's illustrated here in the story. The ten men who came back from Canaan with their report brought back such a distorted picture of what was there. We read about this in verses 27 and 28 where the Scripture says, And you complained in your tents, and you said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakim there. And they actually were so impressed by the inhabitants of the land of Canaan that when they came back, they convinced themselves that the reason God had brought them to the threshold of Canaan was because God hated them and he wanted to destroy them. You say that is the most irrational thought you could ever have of God. And yet, when fear begins to control your life, you don't think correctly and rationality goes out the window. Fear distorts your life and the picture of everything. If you determine that you will let fear take over in your life, you can be sure you're going to have a distorted picture of life. Fear will take everything that's going on in your life and destroy it. It will take everything that's going on in your life and distort it, and it will discourage everybody you come in contact with. You see, fear isn't just an isolated thing. Fear isn't something that just touches you. Fear touches everybody you touch. Isn't it interesting? Think about this for a moment. Ten men out of the twelve came back with an evil report, and those ten men so determined the destiny of the entire nation of Israel that the course of the nation was changed for the next 40 years just by the testimony of 10 people. How many of you know that fear is infectious? <laughs> Number four, fear does something else. Fear disbelieves God's promises. Notice in verses 29 to 33 how carefully the wording is given to us. Then I said to you, do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came unto this place. Yet for all of that, you did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents to show you the way you should go in the fire by night and in the cloud by day. Listen to me, people. This challenge in the lives of the Israelites wasn't just God's introduction to them. This wasn't God saying, oh, let's start from this place and go into the land of promise. God had been with them through the whole experience in the wilderness, through all of their time in Egypt. And the Bible says he had carried them along as you carry a child. 
And he had walked them through every experience. He had been with them. He had ministered to them. He had fought their battles. He had provided their food. He'd given them direction by the cloud and by the pillar of fire. And all of that experience is in their heart. And here they stand on a challenge to do what God tells them to do. And it's like everything God had done for them was gone. You know what I've been learning as I get older? That while faith is important and it's important to build your faith muscles, sometimes every experience of faith is like starting over. Have you noticed that? It would seem like if you've watched God do some great things for you in the past, you should be able to climb up on that and it would be real easy to trust him again. But how many of you know sometimes that doesn't work that way? And the Israelites are a certain illustration of that. They decided that in light of all that God had done to demonstrate his goodness in their behalf, that they would not believe his word. Fear disobeys God's principles. That's the fifth thing. Notice. Nevertheless, verse 26, you would not go up, but you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. I know this is going to be a little harsh for some of you, but let me say it to you again. Here's where the crux of this whole thing rests. Fear is disobedience. Fear is disobeying God. Many, many times in the Bible is this little phrase. You know what the phrase is? Fear not. Say it out loud. Fear not. How many times does God have to say to us, fear not, for us to understand that if we fear, we're not doing what God tells us to do. And to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. You say, well, Pastor Jeremiah, I can't help my fears. Well, we're going to talk about that in a few moments. But you know, it's a very important thing to understand that if God has given us the principle of faith, to deny that principle is to deny God's plan for our life. And fear destroys and disobeys the principles of God. How many of you know that if fear dominates your life, ultimately it destroys everything God wants to do for you. How many people I've known whom God has spoken to, God has given them a, a direction in their life, he's maybe called them to some ministry, called them to some mission field, called them to do something special, and out of fear they have refused to do it, and their whole life becomes just kind of a rambling, meaningless uh, journey. My friends, fear can steal away from us the very thing God wants to give us. Fear is a powerful force. The spirit of fear that dominates a life can keep God from doing what he wants to do in you. So you say, well, Pastor Jeremiah, what do we do about fear? I don't want to just bring these problems to you. We all know that fear is a problem. Some of you come here today with fear is a great problem. What do you do when fear begins to dominate your life? Well, I want to give you four or five things that I've learned from studying God's Word. Number one, you confront your fear honestly. You have to confront fear. Fear isn't going to go away. If you have a spirit of fear that chases you around and won't let you alone, it's not going to just one day not be there. You have to confront fear. You have to, first of all, understand what it is that's causing you to be fearful. I've had people say to me, you know, Pastor, I don't know what I'm afraid of. I just have this spirit of fear. We need to ask God to help you isolate what that fear is and confront it. Secondly, I've alluded to this already, but let me put it in positive terms. You need to confess your fear to the Lord. 
Confess it as sin. If God says, fear not, and we fear, we're disobeying God. You say, well, you can't command your feelings. No, you cannot command your feelings, but you can allow your will to obey the voice of God. And you can fill your life with his truth. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. There's only one way to get rid of fear. Like any other sin, we have to recognize it and confess it and repent of it and claim God's promise of forgiveness and go on with our life. Thirdly, you need to claim God's promises of protection. Did you know that the Bible is filled with promises? And if I were a person who had a fearful spirit, I would take some three-by-five cards, and I'd go home today, and I'd take these references I'm going to give you in a few moments, and I'd copy these verses out on a three-by-five card, and I'd put one on the visor in my car. I'd put one on the wall in the bathroom. I'd put one under the glass at my desk. I'd put one in my wallet, maybe one in my inside pocket, and every time the spirit of fear began to invade my life, I'd pull out one of the promises of Almighty God and read it out loud. God has given us his promises to encourage and strengthen us. Isaiah 41.10, read it out loud together. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And when the enemy comes along with his little whispers of fear, you tell him, forget it. I have a word from God. Fear not. Then you need to do something else that's going to sound a little strange and maybe like a pat answer, but it's not, and I hope you'll stay with me here. You need to cultivate a closer relationship with God. Now you say, Pastor Jeremiah, can't you come up with something more original than that? But, but hang with me because this is really important. There are two men out of the 12 who came back and saw everything everybody else saw. Joshua and Caleb went every place where all of the other men went. They saw all the giants. They saw everything. They saw the walled cities. But they came back with a different view of things. They came back and said, we can do this. I often like to tell people the difference is the 10 who came back with the negative report saw the giants compared to themselves, and Joshua and Caleb saw the giants compared to God. And it makes a lot of difference where you make the comparisons. <laughs> But the scripture tells us that the only two men who were allowed to go into the promised land were Joshua and Caleb, and the reason God blessed them was because there was something uniquely different about them than the other ten men who represented Israel in that reconnaissance trip. When they walked into this land that God had promised them, and they saw the giants and the high walls and all the terror of the land, which the Bible says devoured its inhabitants, Joshua and Caleb just looked at that and said, well, this is no big deal for God. I mean, God, we can do this. This is not, God, you've given us this land. We can do it. You see, what we do when we're afraid is we cultivate a relationship with God that makes us begin to understand who God is and what his capabilities are and what his power is. And then we begin to see our fears in the perspective of a God who is great and mighty and powerful and for whom nothing is too hard. In the New Testament, there's a verse. If I had to pick a verse that's the most important verse about fear, in all the Bible, this would be it. And I wouldn't have said that until I began to study that this week. It's 1 John 4, 18. I want you to read it out loud with me. There is no fear in love, 
but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. One of my favorite preachers of another generation was a man by the name of Harry Ironside. Harry Ironside uh, said that he and his little boy, when his, when his son was little, he used to play this game in their house called bears. He said, I was the bear, and my son was the one I was chasing, and he'd, he'd look at me, and today it's not bears, it's monsters. But in his day it was bears. And he said, we used to play this game all the time, and he said, one day when they were playing bears, the excitement got a little bit too intense, and the boy got cornered, and all of a sudden he got scared, and for a moment he hit his face. Then, whipping around and throwing himself into his father's arms, he said, I'm not afraid of you. You're not a bear. You're my daddy. <laughs> and that's what God wants us to do when we're afraid, isn't it? Throw ourselves into his arms. He's our father. The opposite of fear is love. When we understand how much God loves us, when we get a hold of that truth, we will not be afraid. We will know that he loves us too much to allow anything in our life that can hurt or destroy us. That he is our father and he loves us desperately. There's one last thought. I've been talking primarily to believers here about fear because we all deal with it. But I want to take just a moment and talk to someone here today who may not know the Lord. Did you know that one of the fears perhaps the one that dominates people more than any other is the fear of death. I know some people that are just terrified of the thought of death. I, I need to tell you something. I, I mean this sincerely. I am not afraid of death. I'm not. I look death in the face, and I'm not afraid. Now, I don't want to die. I want you to make sure you understand that. I want to stay around as long as I can and torment you. <laughs> But isn't it a wonderful thing to be able to say with absolute certainty, I'm not afraid of death. You know, the believer has the best that God has for him here, and if God brings death into his life, he graduates into the presence of the Almighty. The Bible says Jesus Christ came into the world and hung on the cross and paid the penalty for all of our sin so that he could destroy the one who had the power of death. Who is that? The devil. And he could release us from the bondage of the fear of death that terrorizes us throughout our whole lives. So if you see a Christian who knows the Word of God and knows the God of the Word, you see somebody who's different than anybody in the world. He's, he's not anxious to die. He doesn't want to die, but he's not afraid to die because he knows absence from the body is present with the Lord. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Dr. David Jeremiah. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.